0: Welcome to the Extraordinary Podcast. My name is Tobias Dahlberg, and today we have another exciting guest on the show for you. But before I introduce our next guest, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you're new to it and you like to get inspiration, ideas, strategies, and tactics for building an extraordinary brand and business or a personal brand... In a world where mediocre is a losing strategy, a bad idea, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And also, if you want to have your own brand-related question answered on this show, please send us an email at hello at wonderagency.com. That's hello at wonderagency.com with the title brand question. And we will start addressing some of the questions here on the show. Today's guest is David Breer. He is the President and Creative Director of DBD International. He is an award-winning branding expert who has consulted and designed for some of the greatest brands in the world. His work and his thinking has been featured in publications such as Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, Adweek, Fast Company, and Business Insider. He is also the author of the book Brand Intervention, a book that really connects with the whole idea of this podcast, actually, that is, avoid mediocrity at all costs and rise above the noise. Damon John from Shark Tank and, of course, creator of FUBU, wrote the foreword for this book, and Grant Cardone calls David a branding genius. What more can you wish for? Let's get on with the show. Great to have you on the show, David. So uh, cool. I just read through your book, uh, Brand Intervention, and I thought there was so much thought provoking stuff there. I, I, I don't know where to start, but I, I think maybe what we can start before we jump into the book is just asking you what got you started in branding and what got you, how did you get your job?
1: Ah, well, let me see how to give you the, the, short, the short and sweet version. I was an art major in college and an illustrator and a, and a painter. Um and I'm a native New Yorker, so I was very much immersed in that culture. And you have the you have the advantage which your listeners don't. You you can see you see that you see that painting right there where my finger is that I'm pointing to?
0: Yeah, that's a cool painting. That's
1: George that's George Harrison. I did I did that when I was about fifteen years old, sixteen years old. So wow. that's the kind of stuff that I was doing. And so but in the last in the last year semester of college, I ended up Seeing a publication which is no longer in existence, because um, this is back in you know back in the eighties, in the very eighty, I think it's nineteen eighty actually, and I ended up seeing this publication. It was a trade publication for the leading type foundry, and for those that are, of, of your listeners that are might be younger who go, what the heck is a type foundry? <laughs> That's see, there wasn't there was a world. There was a world, and you could you could find it in the history books, but there was a world when you didn't actually just go online and find a font and pick one and download one. You actually had books, and there were examples that showed you the fonts in different sizes, and you would then have to order it from a type house, and it would, they would send you stuff that were called galleys, which were the actual sheets uh, of, of the stuff on this stuff, and you would actually paste it all down. This is all pre-computer. Anyway, so with that world i saw this design it blew me away i'd never seen design like that i'd never seen the craft of design so flawlessly implemented there was no detail that was left it wasn't if you anybody any of us can look today or back through history and see when stuff is just kind of like, oh, yeah, they just put that there. You know, they, don't, they don't think it through. Things are just kind of done a little bit on automatic. Oh, that's where we always put the headline, or that's where we always do this, or that's where we always do that. And they don't really go, well, wait a second. Is there, is there something different about this story? And so I, so I was a very appreciative of the storytelling aspect because this was an editorial context. So it, it obviously had to deliver a message. It wasn't something like an advertisement where it was pitching It was really needing to convey to you, the reader and the viewer, this story. And it used illustration brilliantly. It used uh, typography brilliantly, space, tension, uh, all of those components. And I was just astounded. And it was literally at that moment that I decided I had two choices. I would either do illustrations and hand them off to an art director, who would then do whatever the hell they were going to do, uh, that was beyond my control. They can make good choices. They can make bad choices, or there were, or there was me actually owning the entire outcome, and that was the thing that I was basically doing. So I made that choice to really start to become a designer, and at that point became a logo specialist, and branched out more fully into full design, etc.
0: And so did you always consider yourself uh, working for branding or was that something? The reason I'm asking you this question is I've noticed that uh, I'm a business major myself. And so I got into branding from the, maybe from the other side, if you will, from from strategy and from the commercial side. And I noticed that with a lot of designers, especially graphic designers, I don't, and maybe this is just, you know, this part of the world, but it feels like they're not schooled to think about that they're working for branding, which is like a, a larger domain, if you will, they think yeah. more that, you know, we're doing graphics. And, and so in many cases, the graphic designers aren't all that well, uh, you know, versed into what branding is all about. Like even the fundamentals are sometimes tough for them. How, right.
1: How you, yeah, I would, I would say I graduated into branding as I became more aware of, I mean, I am very design-centric. I'm very design-aware. I'm also very story-aware. So I'm, I, I really appreciate the role of design as it implements into um, you got design, you've got language, you've got color, you've got all these things working together. And to me, I sometimes refer to the entire process of branding almost as sometimes I'll speak to a new client and I'll say, look, I said, what you are, I said, you are kind of like this. And I use this metaphor. I say, imagine if you were if you would, I have I have ten amazing, classically trained musicians. They are the finest in the world. One is over there, and one is over in that corner, and one is over here, and one is over there. I said, but what they're lacking is the actual sheet music, knowing what key it's supposed to be in, knowing what tempo it's supposed to be in, and having a conductor that actually... You don't have a symphony just because you have all those musicians. Yeah. But with all those other elements, that to me completes the package where you now have the potential to become a brand where everything is aligned, everything is working in unison, and so it makes financial sense, it makes business sense, it makes marketing sense, um, it makes story sense, it makes consumer sense. So that's kind of like the metaphor that I use with regard to that. I grew into that understanding over the years.
0: So, yeah, that's interesting. So that sounds like, to you, branding is a lot about integration. But maybe if we go back a little bit, like how would you define brand and branding, and, you know, how do you look at that? Well,
1: well, well, there's 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 sort of the inside story of branding and there's the outside story of branding. As you know, from having read the book, I define branding as the art of differentiation Four words, because I, I stand in defiant protest, um, against the 8,000 plus books. If you were to type in branding and look under books on Amazon, you would get over 8,000 books. I think I did the math. And I think if you read one book a day, I think I think it calculated out to about 321 years, something ridiculous. To, and to me, to take something that's a specific tool of business, which I consider branding to be, and have it have all of these different ideas and viewpoints and things, I can understand if there were 500 books, 700 books, maybe even a thousand, but 8,000 books—that <laughs> tells me there's a lot of bullshit being peddled. Okay, now. So, so that's the thing with regard to the art of differentiation. That's how I define it because the role of a brand is so that what you are presenting to the world doesn't blend in with all of the other options. And mm. given that now we literally have access of everything from an iPhone to a tablet to a computer to any online device of any sort, we can literally shop for anything and have hundreds if not thousands of alternative results to that one need that we're stating or searching for, um, the vital the vital importance of branding becomes very, very paramount for any business to survive well. And that's why, hence the art of differentiation. The other side is if a brand is really going to be differentiated, it does have to have all of its bits and pieces aligned well so that it doesn't appear a little schizophrenic or a little uh, dispersed. Or wait a second. This day they say that. That day say that. This day they stand for simplicity. That day they they sound very complex. That day they sound re- rebellious. This day they sound conservative. That wouldn't make for a very cohesive voice. So there's there's those two sides. You have to have that cohesion. And by and but that cohesion needs to be aligned to how you're being differentiated in the world. Mm. That is a very
0: accurate in my mind description, and a good one cool. thank you cool. what what You're do you awesome. how do you see the power of branding? I mean in business, you already touched upon it that it's that it's definitely um, becoming more and more important. What do you think branding can well, do
1: well i well I mean I've seen what it can do i mean i've had i mean i took I took uh, one one business and it was it was probably my first for me just irrefutable like realization of the power of branding which was for a, a local chocolatier, one of the finest chocolatiers in America. And I know you guys in Europe really, really pride yourselves on chocolate, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'd be willing to go head-to-head head on this one, man.
0: <laughs> we'll have this, to test these, that.
1: These guys really know their stuff. Yeah. They really know their stuff. And so what happens, though, is they're packaging, they're branding, and, and they're actually, they're in the book, Legacy Chocolates. You saw that?
0: Yeah, I saw it, yeah.
1: Now, a three, that was, I kid you not, literally it was just a soft launch the the boxes the new boxes with the new the new logo the new brand the new language this that the other um, it was being displayed on their back counter and they saw a 300% increase in sales from the same people who were just it's a it's a, it's a local thing and they, they they're not in some big mall or something like this they're a, they were a local a local shop i loved what they did so i was really into taking the amazing craft and really giving it the proper voice yeah that box alone from the people that were coming in for their coffees and espressos and their drinks and their scones and their baked goods and their and their truffles and all the stuff that they would normally come in and all of a sudden 300% increase in 30 days no other advertising wow. no no new uh, sexy people in the front no new flavors no changes in price no changes in hours no new signage nothing zip literally just the presence of the box of people are like what is you know I'll take one of those um, that was the thing that was that really showed me the um, unbelievable power and so to me I, I try and collect that information as much as possible um, when I'm dealing with companies, not all companies do I have that information, but I mean, I had, there was a company in, uh, in Munich, a client of ours. And from the 12 months after the rebrand, they saw a 150% increase in business. Hmm. Um, because they, their, the message was now right. The, the, the visuals are now right. The look, the feel, the entire personality was right. Another company that sells, do you know what beef jerky is? Yeah. Uh, Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, so we so here they, they take they took beef and they took chicken and they took also uh, venison, and they did jerkies with each of those, and very nice different flavor profiles. But the before and after, and that's also in the book. They saw a one I think it was about one hundred and fifty to one hundred seventy percent increase in about ten months after the relaunch of the new brand, um, and another yeah. client of mine who. I mean, literally, he went. I had worked with him on the prior company that he ended up selling and becoming a millionaire for with. After that, he retired for five days and then started a new company. And he said, "David, I need to go over this new brand." Um, and he showed me the and he showed me the name. I said, "I said, his name is Stu." I said, "Stu, dude, no one will be able to understand this. No, one will be able to understand this. No, will be able to spell it. No, no one will. It won't." He goes. He goes, don't you see? I said, no, it's terrible. Trust me. Just trust me. And so anyway, redeve- create him with a new name, a new, a new everything. And they went from zero to the last I had spoken to him a few months ago, a couple months ago. I think they're at a $350 million valuation in six years. Wow. From zero startup, brand new company, to $350 million uh, valuation in six years. So, it, to me, when you ask me, is there power uh, and and is there viability with regard to branding? My answer is hell yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, no, I I, I fully agree with that. Hey, let's yep. talk about your book, David Brand Intervention. I yep. I loved it for its straight talk, its punchiness, its straight to the point, even provocative stuff and it's written in like big type and it's very easy and nice to to i was going to say digest but let's say let's say read and there's a lot of big uh big thoughts there very good one liners a lot of things i'm sure people are lending from and quoting you on what is it that it also sounded like you had a lot of passion i don't even i would even guess frustration at the core when you wrote it just please talk us you know share why you wrote the book and what what is really the central idea behind why it needed to exist
1: absolutely absolutely i'll tell you why i wrote the book but i I, before i forget i want to tell you a little a funny anecdote after the book was had come out which i didn't anticipate but what i did was my daughter was visiting so my daughter my daughter's a millennial right Mm. and i showed her the layout of the book and she looked at it and she goes wow you get me and i'm like what and she was looking at the very at the very large type. Now for those that haven't yet gotten their book and what I said was haven't
0: yet and they should it,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So so you know the basic thing is most books are written in a 12, 13 or 14 point type. Mm-hmm. My book is 36 point a a boulder sans serif slightly condensed it is based on Franklin Gothic for those that are into. Uh, typography and, and no typography, but it's actually a font called Francois 1. So it's definitely a someone's variation on Franklin Gothic. Right, yeah. Um, right. But the thing is, it's 36 point. And so what I saw was I was showing her a spread, and she sees this whole spread, and she's and, and she's like, you get me? And I'm like, what? She goes, I can read this. like," And I realized what she was talking about was she grew up in a world where tweeting... 140 characters Mm. is the way of the world, right? Or a little something that you might see on Instagram or a little something on Facebook or whatever, short snippets, sound bites. And so the factor that on a given page, you might have probably at most, probably five sentences. Yeah. Um, And so the fact that she can like, just literally ingest it fully um, with that speed was hysterical, and so that was great because all of a sudden I had a whole demographic that I wasn't even aware of that could go, "What a cool book! I, this is like <laughs> me,
0: right?" Yeah. But then
1: at the same time, I got the flip side, which was I I then saw shortly thereafter I showed the book to someone who was in their mid mid fifth mid to upper fifties, yeah, and they looked at it and they go, "This is awesome!" I said, "What are you talking about?" They said. Finally, a, gla- a, a book I could read without my cheaters. They have those little glasses <laughs> that are the little cheaters, and, they, and so I, I, it was hysterical to me that both were that had these incredibly enthusiastic responses for entirely different reasons.
0: That's jobs to be um, done theory. You know, you're satisfying different <laughs> needs and jobs. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and as far as now, now why I wrote the book, I basically being. An avid learner, I am always interested in improving my game, having good having good insights, and I also know that part of my role when I'm dealing with clients and others is to provide useful information and educate. Hmm. So I appreciate when someone else has that ability as well. Yeah, and they do it, and they do it well. So I wanted to have a book that had and and. You have to tell me. I mean, I'm, I, this is this is where I just uh, I'm going to just get a little little straight talk. I wanted a book with no bullshit. Okay, yeah, yeah. that was that was the thing. I wanted zero bullshit, zero fluff, uh, zero fat, because I was tired of reading books. Like I would be told, "Oh, you got to read this book." You know, from a, either a colleague or a client or someone that I respected, and they go, "You got to read this book. It's amazing." And I'd read the book and I'd be like, "Okay, okay, okay," and then I'd get to the what I call the the golden ten pages hmm. that somewhere in there there will be like the ten pages of the real stuff,
0: yeah. the
1: real value, and the the stuff that came before or after, didn't either amplify it or add a lot. And to me, that was um, that showed me that that the author didn't have as much to say as what I had hoped, and hmm. that they also didn't value my time. You know, I do my time is valuable. Yeah. Right. I think I think everybody has that reality that their time is valuable. And, and, and you and I spoke about it before we started recording this and I will leave the person's name. I won't, I won't throw them out of the bus, but there was a Ted talk that Mm -hmm. I had, that I had watched. And Ted talk is famous for their 18 minute, um, speeches that are presented, their presentations and some, there's some magically great stuff there. And okay. So I'd seen this one. It's a very popular, very well presented 18 minutes from a very good speaker and a very good author. <clears throat> well, I was so impressed with that 18 minutes that I was like, I've got to buy the book. If, if I'm getting that out of 18 minutes, the book must be amazing. And I went ahead and I bought the book, and the book added nothing more. I, everything I actually wanted to get was in that Ted video. Yeah. So as opposed to the book adding, actually the Ted video was really the great summarization Of the book and why the hell should I buy the book but I I went the other way and I thought there'll be more yeah and so I didn't want to do that to my readers and I and, and so that was one impetus and the other impetus was I kept on encountering the exact same questions from clients either questions or misconceptions with regard to what branding was how you manage a brand how you create a brand why you do this what's the criteria for choosing a brand What's the criteria for choosing a domain? What, why, do I, why am I not going to just want to blindly copy um, another company that's successful? Why would that be an absolutely stupid strategy to implement? Um, it, there may be a short little uptick, but in the long run, it's a disastrous strategy. Yeah. Um, and so those were the things that I was looking at. And any time that I was in a meeting with a client, and I had said to myself, you know, they're definitely going to know this particular point. I'm not going to raise this particular point. Anytime I did that, they would inevitably, shortly thereafter, <laughs> usually within minutes, say, "Well, what about blah, 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 which was the exact point that I dismissed. Uh, and, and so it never fails. What's in this book literally is over three decades of the same things that I always have to address And I've had people read the book, and then when they're done with it, because the last 50 pages are the playbook where I I wanted to say here, here's how it works. Now that you understand the stuff, here's 50 pages that actually show you before and after. Here's the difference. Here's how it was put into practice, just taking specific points of how do you avoid cliches and this and that, the other, and how to successfully oppose others um, in your brand. What do you stand for? What do you stand against? And do the key principles i such a high percentage of people say i'm now rereading the entire book again because that gave them Mm -hmm. like oh i now get it and now they want to totally take it on in a whole new level of understanding
0: yeah and i think what's cool about it is like it's very timeless and uh, these principles probably were true 20 years ago and they're going to be you know true in the next 20 years but yet i get a sense that it feels very practical so i think you've hit a nice balance between kind of Principle and and, uh, and practicality. So good job on that. I mean, I and, uh, and, and it's nice with the with the references at the end as well, where you re- really can kind of see what you did. So I, I there's there's so much stuff it would take a take a couple hours for me to cite <laughs> all the, the stuff I like there. A couple of things that that caught my attention. I like where you said um, every brand is a dichotomy between good and evil. Is that how you pronounce the word dichotomy?
1: Yeah. Yep. I'm, Absolutely, I'm
0: not native, so okay. Yeah, can you open that up a little bit? What do you mean by that?
1: Well, basically, you know, there's something that there's something that you're for, and there's something that you're against. Um, nothing exists as a, as an isolated um, idea. The greatest, if we if we were to step back and look at any progress in the world, progress in the world, A.K.A. innovation is the result of somebody observing something and going, why is it that way? Why can't it be different or better? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is today's, what I, I kind of refer to the things that are very common today as almost like the sacred cows. And so today's sacred cows can literally be old history in the drop of a hat if you know what you're standing for and what you're opposed against. The, the good... And to me, the good in this is the great brands will be about an idea, not Mm. a product. Yeah, That's a key point. The great brands are idea-driven, not product-driven. The products just happen to be what they produce to... That's how the idea manifests itself as something useful in another person's life, Mm. but the great Mm. idea... The great idea and the great brand is driven by the great idea, not just the great product. And when companies lose sight of that, they will they will really um, start to make mistakes because they think that their stuff is so important and so rich and so vital. And that's one of the first things that I tell clients. I said, you know, what you make and what you produce and the service that you provide is really unimportant. Yeah. Yeah, that... i tell them it's the least important thing in the entire dialogue the most important thing is what is the outcome that your product or service makes possible that without that your product or service that outcome wouldn't be uh, achievable and that is so and 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 i do that intentionally because i need to deflate their love affair with <laughs> oh we've worked so hard we've sweated so long we've we've sold our children, we've, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've, (laughs) we've, we've, you know, done bad things. We've done, we've done things unspeakable just all to make this possible. I mean, you know, it's it's just so dramatic and I just, I need to deflate it and kill it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's exactly, I mean, that's what we see here as well. Nine cases out of 10, it's product 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 and it's really like companies even define themselves through the product and of course when once the product gets obsolete or commoditized uh, no more brand and uh, and i think also you mentioned there in the book that what you sell is not what people buy or you, you put it in right. some, somehow like that. And I, that's something I keep repeating as well. And I think that's almost like the number one thing to start with when you get started with branding. In my book, like really wrap yourself around that idea that if you define yourself and your company at worst, the whole business around your products, that's not going to last very long. And we know notice yeah. of course, that, you know, it's very, I mean, are you seeing the same thing over there. I mean, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to, to really differentiate only on like, product and service level. And what I mean, maybe the, the inherent, let's say, features and benefits. Like you have to go higher or, or deeper, whichever way I like to define that. But like, you know, bring in purpose and meaning and, and th- things of that nature. Exactly. Yeah. The The other thing that I also liked here was uh, this idea uh, that about low price only creates loyalty to that lower price point, not the brand, which is is very clever yeah yeah yeah. uh very true um then another thing which i thought maybe you could open up and you spend some time actually open it up in the book but this idea that the most successful brands uh, share qualities with the greatest entrepreneurs i thought that was really you know fresh and not something i've definitely not read and elsewhere can you open that up a little bit
1: um well, let's see. Let's see. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm. I, I mean, I come. So many of these things interweave. Let me. I, I'm actually going to open my book to to. Which which chapter was that? Do you um,
0: recall. I don't recall exactly, but let's say it's it's more uh, maybe at seventy percent of the book. <laughs> I think it's seventy. It's two hundred eighty-five pages. So. Yeah. Uh, but but you say so, you say that the greatest brands of the world share the same traits as today's most successful entrepreneurs. Ah uh, yes. Which yes, I think yes. is a nice kind of yeah interesting parallel with exactly. you know, the attitude exactly. the mindset of entrepreneurs versus what brands need to be
1: yeah totally totally yeah. yeah i mean yeah so so with regard to that with regard to that i mean there's a number of points but for example successful entrepreneurs to me in my experience they don't for example get satisfied with a minor achievement or or they or they don't get stagnant or complacent yeah okay that's one mm-hmm. example that's a, that's definitely a quality I see that great entrepreneurs share with great brands, right? Yeah, um, and you know another one is I mean the great brands are are incredibly persistent. They don't they don't just go for like okay let's do like a short little hit and let's like okay great we you know we, we saw a little uptick in sales oh that's great that it, no I mean they're they're not solely focused on the transaction. They realize a good branding and good messaging will result in transactions. And that the transactions are the result of those efforts, not the reason why you do those efforts and initiatives. Um, you know, those are those are some points. And let me see what else. Um, ah, the great brands and the great entrepreneurs. I will say this from personal experience: the best entrepreneurs. I know that sometimes there's an idea that oh, the more successful somebody becomes, the maybe the harder they are to communicate to, or the or the less successful they are. I've actually found that's not universally true that the that really, really great entrepreneurs and great brands share the common quality of always wanting to help. Yeah. Always wanting to provide value. And even more so, there's one other quality that actually I, I started to, to uh, isolate after I completed the book, which had to do with the great, great brands have a high quality of. Future connected with them, meaning they're not about the past. The, 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 there are some brand, there are some good brands that are that are built on you know um, embracing things from the past and that kind of stuff, but they're not stuck in the past. The great brands, the great entrepreneurs are very future oriented, and um, I ended up telling someone that the difference between a genius and a practitioner. Is the amount of future that's actually incorporated into their activities they may be doing the same thing on the from the outside it's like well yeah. this one's doing this and this one's doing that but the difference is is the thing that's considered genius the brand that's considered genius the entrepreneurs considered genius will have more future incorporated into the thing that they are creating or offering it will anticipate the next steps that you and I will have it yeah. will anticipate the different things and so the amount of future is another key point.
0: Yeah, that's, I love that. Uh, so you had big names like uh, Damon John. Speaking of generous, uh, approachable people, uh, you, you shared before we started the recording this story about yeah. Damon John, who's a big advocate and, and uh, recommended the book, as is Grant Cardone as well. What, how did you uh, connect with these people? Are they people you know from before? And, and what is
1: the story behind well, it? Well, I mean, well, and, and Damon not only uh, endorsed it, but he also wrote the forward which was Exactly, very- yeah, yeah. And so, but the Damon, the interesting thing, and how the, the Damon thing came about, because Damon and I were both from Brooklyn and Queens, but we're 10 years apart. And so um, it wasn't through Brooklyn and Queens that we actually got to meet. It was from a Fast Company article that I'd written, because my wife and I, are both big fans of the TV show, the hit TV show, Shark Tank. Shark Tank, yeah, yeah. And so um, I would watch it with great interest as a business person and as a person that creates, helps brands define their message and stuff. I always found it interesting because over the course of an hour, you would have four companies do their pitch and the negotiations, um, and you would see how the different sharks would interact you would see how they would cross-negotiate and all this very stuff and how they would react or you know, positively or sometimes very negatively to yeah. a pitch. And I was curious, what were the qualities that went into a successful pitch and how would you go into the Shark Tank and come out without being eaten alive? That was my basic question. And so what I did was I wrote this article for Fast Company, for my column on Fast Company, and I just basically had written it um sharing with the world these were my observations with regard to these were the qualities that were found and within a matter of a couple days or whatever damon john who i did not know at the time had tweeted this is the best article ever written on shark tank ever right that's that's what he tweeted and i was (laughs) like and i of course retweeted it and i was like that's Awesome man! <laughs> and so we just sort of just started to share and talk and this that the other and and that was and uh, that's how we just basically got connected and you know he's a he's a hustler very gracious unbelievably absurdly gracious wow. uh, he his level of there's never the feeling that he's the greatest I mean sometimes you're in the presence of some people and and there's this I, you 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 kind of have this sense that they're the really important one in the room, and you're sort of like an underling. Yeah. And he never never emanates that. He's very very gracious. Never forgets where he came from, because yeah. he came from very very humble beginnings. And so um, that was the that was the thing that was happening there.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's you a know, great I, story. That's a, I love that yeah. story because that's what you want to believe about these people, right? Like you want them to be yeah. good human beings, like even when the camera's off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Well, um, still, I know we, we're coming toward the end. Um, uh, just like if you think about really practical advice, let's say some of the listeners are entrepreneurs, small business owners, some work for bigger corporations. But let's say maybe if we focus on the smaller ones, so let's someone who's really trying to create a brand more or less from scratch, like what type of practical advice would you give them? Like where do you start and what should you start by thinking about? And how would you, well, I, what's your process? Well, one?
1: I would, one is I, I, I'm not, I'm not doing this to pitch the book. I'm just saying, look, if, if <laughs> I, I, that's I okay spent too. two years, I spent two years writing this book. I spent two years and three rewrites. I will tell you there is no fluff. If you value your time and I literally, I say, I say somewhere in the book that this book is written for CEOs, brands and entrepreneurs and startups that don't have time to read a book on branding. That's why I wrote this book. And I will, I will just say, Buy the book. Buy the hardcover book. Do yourself a favor. It's your investment into you. I, I, it's not like I'm making like there's not not like there's money to be made on, on the book. But just get the book. It will give you a lot of the tools. Yeah. That's one thing. The other thing that I would say is, um, I would say that when you're looking, you need to really be aware. There's a couple of I refer to them as universes. I, I would say there's a couple of universes that I would say uh, you really need to be aware of. You, you, yeah, and the first one, every entrepreneur is aware of, which is their own universe, their own trials and tribulations in their own world, and the, how much pain and duress and blood, sweat and tears and everything that we're, went into this and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? One, nobody cares. Two, it doesn't matter. And three... Unless you believe in marketing by telepathy, no one will ever come to know about that. Unless you eventually write a book about that, or that is somehow integral to your brand story.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's the, that's the internal world. That's the internal universe. It's the external universe that you need to be aware of. The hmm. external universe includes one, lots of noise. It includes lots of solutions to the problem that you are you are solving. Lots of. Um, ideas and whether they're true or not is irrelevant by the way that is vitally important it's like the, it's like, because i i can't tell you the amount and you've probably encountered this as well the amount of companies that come and say but we are the best but we are this but we are that you know it. what <laughs> it, you know it, exactly that the basic thing is okay you know what is your competition saying the same stuff like they're the best? Yeah, but it's not true. And I said, you know what? No one will ever discover that. Yeah, yeah. If you go head to head using the same words, the same languages, the same promises, the same look and feel and the same stupid stock images or whatever you choose and all this kind of stuff, you can't go down the same road and expect a different result. So that's the thing. It's like don't be, don't go down the road of thinking all is fair and love and war. It it It's not. There will be ideas that are absolutely false, and they're, and, and, they're, and those are the landmines of having a business. You're going to end up having competitors who are not good, who provide crappy product. I mean, you and I, as, as people who provide this service, I'm sure you've encountered this. Hmm. How many times have you actually had a company come to you saying, well, we got burned, we, we had to work with this other firm, and we got burned, and they offered horrible service to us, so how do we know that what you're saying is any different so blah 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 blah, right? I mean, you've yeah. encountered that. Yeah. So the thing is, is okay. Well, am I am I to blame for that? No. Do I need to understand that and empathize and and help them overcome that that um, association that someone quote unquote in the same field as me was a schmuck and I'm not. You know, it's like all of a sudden, I, you know, I'm now carrying a little bit of the schmuck karma yeah. because this idiot. You did got branded.
0: Stupid. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, so that's the thing that I would look at is you, you want to be aware. How are you going to stand out? How will you stand out? How will you be seen as different? You need to understand that the, the branding is all about differentiation. Yeah. And and if anybody listening to this hasn't yet gotten this point, I'll I'll give this as a final example. When. People are looking at, if I came to you and I said, I said, okay, Tobias, here's the deal. Here's a 16-ounce bottle of water, and here's a 16-ounce bottle of water. Here's br- this one is brand A, and this one is brand B. All right, Tobias, now here they are. Um, neither one of these companies has done anything to differentiate itself, to identify how it might be different, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because if you really understand branding, you understand that branding is synonymous with value. Yes, because branding equals differentiation equals value. Those yes. things are synonymous. So if I come to you and I say, So which one which one do you want to buy? Do you want brand A or you want brand B? And you're looking at it, and you're going, How am I supposed to is, is where was this one? Where did this order come from? I don't know. Where did this order come from? I haven't a clue. Uh, is the plastic the same? I don't know. Uh, but the, everything looks the same. I understand. You're inevitably you're eventually going to come to say, Okay, well, which one's cheaper? Yeah. Not because you are cheap but it's because you're demanding a point of difference if they if a company has failed to provide that point of difference then what happens is is that you are going to take over that role since they failed to take over that role you're going to demand the difference because other because the only way for there to be value to you and difference is well if they're the same tell me which one's cheaper mm-hmm. that's and mm-hmm. so it's not because people are inherently looking for a deal or looking to be cheap, but they are demanding a point of difference. And if that's understood, that will put any company, whether they're a startup or a company that's needing to refresh themselves, they'll put them way ahead of the game if they understand that concept.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really powerful. I, going back to your example about the the universes, I think that's also very good advice because I think, like, to be really honest, it even concerns myself. I mean, I, I completely completely empathize with everyone else. And I hear that from my own clients, but to be really honest, I mean, I also fall into that trap. I think like, Oh, we put in all this work and you know, we, you know, we have this and this and we have the thing, (laughs) which no one gives a shit about like, unless you can really flip your own thinking and and understanding it from the outside. Like that's, that's a healthy exercise to understand that very few things, what you think matters actually matters to other people before you can yep. f- find the ways to get there. But yeah, that was that was really powerful. I, I really got a lot of stuff uh, for myself out of this. And of course, that's not the intention. I'm here to create value for all the listeners. But I, I'm really excited about this. And I, I really recommend everyone to read this book. It's, I mean, I, I think I said at some point it's 285 pages. And that sounds like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get through it. But it was so sort of light and, uh, and, and, and very enjoyable to read through. And I think it's also one of those books where you can go back and just uh, – get a piece of you know um, motivation and inspiration from one page you don't have to compete but I think like you said in the beginning you will want to go back to it because the, it was like uh, dopamine for yeah yeah yeah, yeah
1: so completely yeah and, and I've had people I've had people say you know I took it with me on a flight and I read it in a flight you know they, they, they they're on a two and a half hour few, three hour flight and they read it cover to cover yeah and then they're like then they're like, well, this is awesome. Now I, I can't wait to read it again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I would, I would absolutely do it. And uh, you know, and and for any of your listeners and followers out there in in Finland or that region of the world, I mean, it's like you know, we should we should arrange to have uh, you know to, to have me come out at some you know some conference or convention or whatever, and, and yeah. uh, have a good time, shake things up. That would be, things up,
0: man. awesome awesome yeah I, I actually i've been working i have i've had a couple of guests over in the previous years and we did a seminar and i'd love to actually and maybe there's something we can talk about afterwards as well but i'm just going to say it here also live uh a podcast uh, and not being live of course but on recording that uh, it'd be great to to pull together even a few people and do something like an intervention and really, yeah. uh, you know, like no bullshit, straight talk I'd love to do that, and I'm, I'm sure that would, there would be demand for that, so let's let's talk about that, but in, just in closing, uh, where can people find you if they want to engage with you, if they want to you know, DM you or like what's the best way to to discover you and and, and absolutely. connect with you
1: absolutely well I'm, I mean obviously, obviously, yes, besides YouTube and Instagram, where you could basically just look me up david breyer b r i e r or um our domain, which is also, you'll find this in, on a number of the social channels, risingabovethenoise.com. That's R-I-S-I-N-G. Risingabovethenoise.com is the best place. They can certainly reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Instagram. I don't find Instagram as easy to find. I, I miss messages and stuff. It's not a great place to kind of reach out. But Twitter, for sure. Um, YouTube, and uh, and because I have the... the which you probably have seen is the one minute wednesdays every wednesday morning there's a there's a a new juicy little morsel of i kind of i love to call it mental pilates it kind of (laughs) stretches those stretches out those portions of your mind that have have gotten a little a little stiff Stiff. i love it
0: (laughs) awesome well, that's cool. Thanks so much, David. This was really cool. And, and thanks so much for, for all this wonderful d- advice and for doing this and, and also in such a short notice. And uh, Everyone, get the book Brand Intervention with David Breer. And thanks so much for tuning in.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for inviting me, Tobias. And appreciate it, man. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you.